Welcome to Indie Depth, the show where we go in-depth with independent filmmakers about the filmmaking process. I'm your host, Andrew Froning, and today I have multi-award-winning web series creator, Sally Hassan. Welcome to the show, Sally. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, me too. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sally, your web series, Ghetto Nerd Girl, you finished your second season. Are you working on a third? So, I'm in the very pre-production phases of doing a season three. Um, who knows when we'll get to film, but I definitely want to, you know, write it and at least try to film something. Sure. Yeah, I've got season two of The Connection ready to go, and I just... When? You know, we were ready to go before this started, and then this started. Um. Yeah. yeah, you kind of have to, like, pivot... Right. So, gave us time to reevaluate the scripts. Um, I don't know. It's hard to be creative, I feel, during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like once you have, like, a team that's, like, ready to go, you kind of want to keep them in the loop and say, hey, you know, we're still going to do stuff and, you know, hope everything's going okay and, you know, doing, like, Zoom calls like this. I think it's... It's a it's a good positive thing that we can do in the meantime. Sure, definitely. Well, what I'm trying to do with this show is speak to the Andrews and Sallys of a year or two ago and all the stuff that we wanted to know, all the um, wisdom that we have achieved by shooting and getting feedback and just making films and web series uh, to give back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So... We'll see. Some of you better get used out of this. Um, <laughs> so, Ghetto Nerd Girl, such an original title. Um, Thank you. <laughs> how, how did um, that come about? How did you come up with the idea for that? So, I knew as I, as I was working on like film sets and being a production person that eventually I wanted to do a project about my life as a teenager. And I didn't have a name like when I was writing it but then I thought of how I'm ghetto in a sense because like I have this like gangster hood side edge but I'm nerdy at the same time because I like Sailor Moon and I'm really into reading and library and books and that's not really something you see all the time so I definitely wanted it to be a title where you can picture something and kind of get people's attention so right and there's there's conflict in the title like absolutely nerd like oh my goodness on top of all this she's female (laughs) like (laughs) it's 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 a it's a different world (laughs) yeah yeah it's definitely um something different that i haven't seen before and that's another reason why i wrote this story is just you know to give it a life give it a place and slowly we're making like a community out of it. It's pretty neat. That's great. I've seen some of your, um, you've got like multi-thousand views on some of your videos, which is amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so, drawing from real life, um, that can be scary at some times, right? Absolutely. Um, It gets kind of complicated because in the beginning I was very attached on, you know, sticking to all the details and trying to be as accurate as possible. But sometimes you can't do that and it's a detriment 
to trying to produce something. So, like, my advice to somebody who's, like, writing about their life is try to be open because you don't want to hinder on the creative process. Um, For example, like, there are certain characters I had to either, like, change the gender to make it more dynamic or combine characters, like, two people is one character and certain different things. And another big element that I had to do was that Um, My life as a teenager was kind of depressing, and I was alone a lot, so I added um, a character who is real but wasn't necessarily with me during all, like, the scenes. So the character of Chase, who is a real person, but I added him more as, like, okay, it's something fun to watch. It's not just, you know, all this heavy stuff. Right, and it's, it's a comedy. It's a funny show. Right, right. So to bring some levity to... You know those those feelings of you know isolation um, has that been cathartic to you? Yeah. So, because I mean, my life as a teenager was like over a decade ago, and when I first started writing, I was like, okay, I'm over this stuff. I can write it. But then you realize, oh, maybe I'm not over this, and like showing it to everyone is kind of like that closure. Like once I finish that. It was like, oh, this is like me turning a negative into a positive, and right. have it, and seeing people like relate to it, like that's even more rewarding. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of times when we're teenagers, you know, we go through things and we feel like no one else knows the way I feel, and you know, <laughs> as a thirty-year-old, you're like, yeah, everybody felt the same exact way. We were just too like in our own heads to right, to think right. about it. So it, it's nice too that. I feel like your show is probably also approachable to a younger generation, too. So it's it's there's there's not like a barrier for entry. It's not like this intellectual high watermark. It's um, something that anybody can get into and relate to, and yeah. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. You said that a lot nicer than I do when I talk about my show. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, it's funny because. We're our own worst critics, right? So when I talk about my show, you know, I try to be a little, like, humble about everything. And, yeah, it's no big deal. It's just this, this thing I've been doing for, like, a whole year, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, it, when it's different when you're talking about an idea and then you're talking about, like, seeing a completed project. Um, because once something has kind of come to fruition, you can see what all that work has built to. It's it's actually really exciting, and especially for other people, to to see and like, wow, yeah, somebody did that, and they had all these these ideas and all these things I was feeling, um, you know, myself. So I, I think that's a nice thing. Yeah, another thing I was just gonna add to that is like after I posted it, you know, you put everything on social media, so I started using like hashtags like ghetto nerd and ghetto nerd girl and I actually ended up finding other artists that also use ghetto nerd and I um so we started like sharing our work too so that was a kind of nice thing that I didn't even know existed before this oh that's great so you found a bit of a ghetto nerd community yeah so I um I found a rapper called Killa Cali Hustle and he's also aka the ghetto nerd so I'm actually wearing his pin all right. I told him I <laughs> yeah. So like, 
it was it was almost like because I suck at marketing, so to know that there were other people like promoting their stuff, it kind of gave gave me like motivation to be like, hey, you know, I'm not the only one, and there's definitely like a brand out there and an audience out there for this. Right, and it's a it's a legit thing. It's it's not something you've totally created. It's you're you're adding to um, a community, an online community. And yeah, definitely. So this is, I'm not great with social media marketing either. So what do you, if we have like a, a tip that we can leave the audience with, what's something that you've learned during this process? So I think a lot of us, when we post our episode, we just kind of like leave it at that, but it's good to engage with the audience and kind of like have a conversation with them. And sometimes we can't like pump out the content as quickly as they'd like to watch it. So I try to like intermittently do maybe like a live video and a live chat and bring on like another cast member and we'll discuss things. Like I've done this on my uh, Instagram channel and we've gotten a lot of views and you know audience participation from that. And I think it's very helpful to like build an audience. Yeah, that's a great, that's, that's a fantastic tip. Do you do, talking about Instagram, do you do um, IGTV? Do you do a story? What's the um, best yeah. way? So when I was doing it, um, they didn't have IGTV as a live thing, so I didn't use that, but I'm going to go back and add stuff as IGTV. I was doing it on Facebook too, but my computer wasn't allowing me to do both at the same time. Oh. And I noticed more people watching on Instagram anyway. Sure. Okay. Good deal. So so you went for stories rather than just a video post? Yeah, but I think now on IGTV you can do it um, as a li- They have a live feature on it now. Okay. So you can use that as well. All right. Going to have to check that out. Yeah. It's exciting to do a live thing because you'll see people like commenting being like, hey, and you can kind of interact with them and say, hey, and if, if they have questions, they can ask right there and you can answer on the spot. Yeah, perfect. You know, when we're talking about a web series, um, the thing that I often talk to people about some of the benefits of is it's like sort of instant gratification. You know, you post your video and you get feedback and you, a lot of the web festivals that we're in, you know, they know these things are online. So it's not like you can't show your video to anyone until it premieres at our festival. And it's it's almost it's almost a barrier for entry i know people who purposefully don't um don't enter into film festivals because of that yeah i i think that's why i made the jump from like short films to web series was because i wanted to post my work and like being in the web fest circuit is definitely a different vibe like it's a lot more inviting and people actually like want to know you and are genuine and you know I just want to stay in it. And after Ghetto Nerd Girl, I'll probably do another web series because it's so great. Nice. And do you think this web series would also draw from real life? Oh, yeah. I already know. I already know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, like, not to toot my own horn or everything, but, like, there are so many, like, crazy things that happened to me in my life. And the other, like, chapter of that was um, me being in a sorority and the Greek life world, which a lot of okay. people don't even know what it's like. So I wanted to do my um, next web series about that. Oh, sounds exciting. Yeah. 
I actually wanted to do that first, but it's such a like big budget thing, and it was so ambitious for me at the time that I was like, let me do the prequel of Ghetto Nerd Girl because that's easier to do, and it came out to be so great. So I'm happy that I made this choice. Sure, and it's one of those things too, with a web series, you can go to the park and shoot. It's it doesn't does it's not high entry barrier. You know you can tell a story. If you've got a story, people will stick with it and finish the episode, finish the season, finish the series. Um, you know you don't need superheroes flying around. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've I've seen web series where it's like you know a person talking to a camera and or found footage or something like that, and you know people accept it for that, and it can be as short as you want or as long as you want. There's no really like rules, you know, in our medium. It's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. <laughs> Sally, we're talking about creating web series and. Um, how web series are just they're so open it's almost limitless it's like the beginning of film you know what what do we shoot i don't know a, a train coming out of a wall <laughs> <laughs> um so season two this is almost what intrigues me um my web series the connection i've written season two we were ready to shoot before this pandemic hit and as much as I want it to be like a traditional, like, you know, TV show, it's like, you know, the same thing, but a, a new story. It just felt like it was going in a completely different direction, um, focusing on different characters, adding characters, um, but being almost a completely different structure. Um, and I'm sure the production values will go up. So what's been your experience going from season one starting out to the end of season two, how have things developed for you? And did you also feel that freedom in being able to switch things up? Yeah. Um, for season two, I felt like I wanted to up the ante as far as production value goes. That was like the most important thing to me. Um, in season one, we learned a lot and, you know, we made mistakes, but it was part of the process. And the biggest um, change for me was I kind of made it more into um, a TV show format, I guess you would say, where um, season one was just like following Susan and where is she going to go. And the episodes got a little bit longer and we had really great locations. That's the one thing I'm, I'm most proud of. Um, we got um, a burger place as like Susan and Chase's place of employment and we were able to add um, more characters to like flesh out because we had more time to film because I I think as far as production value goes if you can get a nice location that people haven't seen before that just adds so much right from the beginning before you even shoot anything right yeah locations are, are a big thing and were you able to get that location because you already had a season one under your belt or just maybe because you had more confidence and were willing to ask? Yeah, it was a combination of the two. Um, it was my friend's brother who had to own a business, so that was easier. And because he saw that I already completed a season, he had that trust in me that I knew what I was doing. And same thing went for the auditions. When we were casting for the first season, 
I had one audition where nobody even showed up because they were just like, whatever, what is this? And then in the second season, we had we couldn't even see everybody that, you know, applied for the roles. So I saw a definite difference where it's like, oh, people have heard of us and this is a thing, you know, because we had already been, you know, going through the festivals and winning awards and, you know, people wanted to be a part of that. And that was like such a great feeling. Sure. I talk to actors all the time and something that continually pops up is, yeah, I'm really excited about this project, but it's been six months. I haven't heard anything. I don't know if it's going to get completed. Like it's, I can, you know, <laughs> I am like the filmmaker. I, I have the footage. I'm responsible for editing it. Like I know it's going to get done, but just to, to not, to be able to put my art into something and wonder if it's ever going to see the light of day is kind of scary yeah yeah so i i definitely know know that feeling too well now that i've also been on the acting side but i never thought of it that way it's like the people auditioning like that's why they're coming because they want to see something finished yeah of course we all want some work to show and something to show for our work um but yeah definitely having something completed you know, whether it's just a short thing that, you know, you're going to reshoot to make it better um, or just an episode one that you want to build upon. Um, I, I think it's just it makes you look responsible. It makes you look like you are. It's OK to go on this journey with this captain. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Because, you know, you're going to get to your destination. Um, now, did you switch up your format? at all with season two i know you got higher production (laughs) values well um i actually also had to recast my uh lead actress so that was another change i thought something looked different (laughs) yeah so um so our first season susan ended up moving so we did have to recast and i think that alone having a different susan gave it like a different feel because there's um a different vibe where um susan's not so much like she's trying to be a better person and and Tanya brought a different vibe to the second season too and and that's the thing that I also had to learn myself as recasting like not to get stuck on the first season Susan and the second season Susan differences and just kind of let it go and let the actor be themselves and let them bring what they have to the table Right. Yeah, to, to trust someone, you know, you're bringing them on for a reason. And you don't expect them to just play it the way the other person would. You don't expect them to, you know, get plastic surgery to make their face <laughs> like the other person. So no one knows. It's a big cover-up. Yeah. Yeah. We were actually going to gonna make jokes about it. It's like, Susan, you got taller so yeah. quickly. <laughs> like in Iron Man 2, I think Rhodey's like, I'm here. Or it's me. Deal with it. Or <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that was definitely a learning experience, but you know, like even the big budget shows do it, so it wasn't a big deal at the end of the day. Sure, sure, and you know, it's interesting that you talk about growth because um, I feel like in many ways the show Breaking Bad has elevated serialized storytelling, where before it was very much your characters are so static, your characters don't change, they don't really grow, it's just just a new situation you put them in like things around them might change but the characters themselves they kind of stay the same right Um, yeah but with breaking bad we had that evolution 
um, in character of Walter White, and I'm finding my characters needing to grow and get better, and that's that's a theme of the connection is through other people um, being a better person or a better part of the community. Um, did you feel? Tell me about the growth in Ghetto Nerd Girl season two. It's funny that you mentioned Breaking Bad is because I've had conversation with people at WebFest where they kind of say that Susan is the opposite of Walter White, where <laughs> she's like this rough around the edges, like doesn't want to be around people and is slowly, you know, trying to be a functional person in society. So that's kind of like the arc we're taking, but it kind of gets bad before it gets better again so well, you, it's like a little roller coaster <laughs> yeah it has to be you need that um you need that conflict you need what you really want to do um as far as what i'm discovering with the protagonist is like not give them the easy way because that's not fun to watch you know right. you want to see how that character has reacted and if it's in the case of them changing maybe you put them in a similar situation and they make a different decision, and the audience is like, yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And um, talking about upping the ante, that's actually something I wanted to add in the third season. Um, if you've watched the first and second season, I have at least like one uh, dance routine in each season. So I wanted to add more of a musical aspect and have our characters sing in the third season. Oh, oh that's excellent. And they are... Are they like trained singers? Um, um sort of? some of them are. <laughs> we we actually did um we did like a karaoke session to like practice, okay. so to speak, and some of my actors surprised me with their talents, and we have we have workarounds if they're you know not the best because even like if you watch like Saturday Night Live, like they're not singers but they can carry a tune. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So. We can make it um, funny if it doesn't work out, <laughs> like a Broadway show. And that's interesting that you say that, because I know I've gone on um, casting calls, and the actors give me this paper, and like, I do this, I play guitar, I play piano, I sing, I dance, uh, I play football, and I'm like, well, I don't need this for what I'm doing, but to, <laughs> to almost keep an open mind to say, oh, wow, well, I know somebody who can do this, or if it's a case of web series... You really feel like you want to go in a musical direction. Okay, well, this person knows how to do this. So it, it's really important to talk to the actors and find out what they enjoy and find out what their strengths are because it could just make everything better in a way that you would never have thought of or expected. Yeah, totally. And I also think, like, me as a filmmaker trying to um, do the musical stuff, I'll learn a lot of things, too. And I'll bring on, you know, more people that have, like, you know, expertise on that, of course. But it'll be a nice, like, collaboration effort. Yeah, definitely. Have you ever shot a music video? Uh, not shoot one. I've edited them before. Okay. All right. So you're a little bit familiar with, with that. And I, I definitely think editing is going to help you in setting up your shot lists and directing. Yeah. Like, our, our dance routines um, in our web series... They, those kind of have a music video feel, so. All right, you're getting there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Baby steps. So, Sally, you have inserted yourself um, into Ghetto Nerd Girl. Um, it's almost like, you know, you were writing about your life, and now 
your character in it. Um, how did that come about? Did you know when writing that you wanted to play this role? Actually, no, I did not. And it actually started out as a joke at first. Um, so I was writing the character of my mom. And ever ever since I was a kid growing up, and still to this day, like I have this thing where I imitate her and I do her voice and I do her sayings. And uh, one of my actors, uh, Roland, who plays Chase, he was actually like, why don't you play your mom? And I just laughed at him. I was like, no, that's not that's not happening and then I started thinking about it more and I was like like who knows my mom better than me there's one less person that I would have to direct she's a very unique person so I was like you know what let's just do it and I'll figure out the acting chops later so I casted myself and I kept thinking like you're mad but it ended up being a really great experience, even though I'm not formally trained as an actor. Um, being around actors helps, and knowing my mom helps, and knowing how to direct definitely was, you know, a big helper. And it wasn't bad. Um, <clears throat> I wasn't like a huge role in the second season, but I see in the third season I might be, and I probably at this point. I'm going to take acting classes, but it's going to be a fun thing for me to, to be able to do that. Oh, yeah. That sounds exciting. I've often thought about kind of delving a little bit into it. I've had one acting experience, and it was with a first-time director, so none of us knew what the hell we were doing. I, was, I wasn't very proud of it. But um, <laughs> definitely, I think a lot of it, um, being in front of the camera, is having the confidence. Um, you know, if you, you knew this character very personally um and you were the director you knew what you wanted so i feel like if anything else that's a place where it, it makes a lot of sense for you to jump in yeah and it was almost kind of strange like how natural it felt like i don't know if i'd feel that way about another role but it was it was almost like, okay, you know, I shut off my brain of director and all the other hats that we wear and all those. I'm just going to be my mom, and this is what's happening. And it was a lot of fun. Now, what did your mom think when she saw it? <laughs> she was like, I did not do that. I do not sound like that. <laughs> but then um, there were, like, nicer moments where she was like, okay, yeah, I was I was nice to you. But the mean part, she was definitely like, no, this is exaggerated. <laughs> uh, looking at the past through rose-tinted glasses, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. But, you know, she's a big supporter of the show, and she really likes it, so oh, that makes great. me happy. Yeah. <laughs> now, what tips do you have for, um, you know, you're a director? Um, you've sort of stepped into acting. What tips do you have for, say, first-time actors? Okay, so if you're if you're doing a role, and you're not a trained actor, like the Cliff Notes version for me that works for me, is kind of thinking very specifically about what's happening in the scene, and what is your motivation. So for me, um, there was a scene where I'm with Susan. And she came home late from doing drugs, and I had just yelled at her. So my motivation was, if I got to talk to my teenage self at that point, what would I say to 
kind of like get through to her and that kind of you really saw that on camera the um the genuine nature and feeling right yeah it's important to be to be present and to feel what's going on because i my memorization is terrible which is one of the reasons i really haven't pursued acting um because i will just be trying to figure out what line do i say he says that okay now it's my turn to speak um which is no go <laughs> i you know i thought i would have trouble with that too but you do so many takes that it's almost like okay i already know what's happening right now true and it's probably probably a little more comfortable knowing um for you knowing that okay you know this will be edited here this will be here it won't be on screen for the whole thing but you know i need to get this one right this line yeah. might be played on the other actor yeah, I think another thing that helped me was having a, a strong crew that I could trust. Like, I'm not directing now. I'm just being the actor. And to let that go and know it's going to be okay and, you know, my people know what to do, that helped me a lot get into that actor mode. Right, and you need to have good communication skills. And it, it being season two, if it was the same crew, I would imagine that they kind of know what's what's going on they know the style for sure yeah okay yeah that's... now being a director and hopping into the actor's chair for more than just like an alfred hitchcock cameo <laughs> <laughs> um what tips do you have there so i i guess i should say the other challenge was um um, being my mom, I also had to brush up on my Spanish. So most of the time she doesn't even speak English. So I was watching, you know, Spanish TV, Spanish radio. And I mean, even, even then, like, I feel like if I can do it, anyone can do it. And I felt a lot of responsibility because a lot of people don't see um, Latina moms on screen. And most of the time, they're, like, in stereotypical roles. So I felt, like, a responsibility to show, like, oh, she has a personality. She has a sense of humor. But she's also, like, that strong, like, mother cub, you know. Right. And that's nice to not just bring a caricature, you know, bring a, a full full human being. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much, like, what advice I would give is just try to make that person real. Well, thank you so much, Sally. Um, so, Sally's show, Ghetto Nerd Girl, can be seen where? So, Ghetto Nerd Girl is on YouTube, and it's also on Starable. And we have a Instagram and a Twitter and Facebook. All right. All those links will be in the description. Sally, thank you so much for going Indie Depth with us. Absolutely. It was a fun time.